What is the name of the mascot from Ben's hometown of Partridge, Minnesota? Answer at the end of the episode. Hello! Welcome to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. My name is Brian. I'll be your host. This is episode number five being recorded Monday, March 15th, 2021. Today I will be discussing Jen Barkley, Bobby Newport, and as an added bonus, I have decided to cover Lil Sebastian as well. If you would like to contact me, you can email me at citizensofpawnee at gmail.com. You can also check me out on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast. So first off, uh, let's do our usual greetings. How's everyone doing this week? Um, I don't have any emails. Again, guys, please send me some emails. I'm getting tired of talking about the weather. Um, it sucks again in Illinois. Of course, it was nice last week, and now it's back down to 30, and it's about to sleet and snow and be crappy. So anyway... Uh, but yeah, uh, any questions you have, anything, anything you'd like to be maybe read on the on the podcast, or if you're just curious about any of my favorite things about the show, or anything, or what kind of what color socks I prefer, I don't know. So, what I want to do first off is actually explain kind of how this episode came about, like why why I picked these characters. So I'll get to Jen and Bobby in just a second. I'm going to start off with little Sebastian. The thing that kind of made me think of him is. As I have mentioned before, I have a, a another Instagram account called Parks Rec Memes. And on that account, kind of leading up to March Madness for the last like month or two, maybe, so a little earlier, I have been doing tournament style, bracket style tournaments on that page with different, you know, categories. And each one is having has 16 spots on it. And obviously we're dwindling that down to one. So I just thought I'd kind of go over a couple of those just in case anyone who's listening to this isn't following that site. And then also how I got the little Sebastian. So a couple of, I've done seven of these brackets so far, seven or eight, and there's one currently running now, but I'm not going to discuss that until maybe next week. So just uh, these are the results so far. We did uh, favorite side character part one, because there's so many and uh, John Ralphio won that one. And then I did a second version of favorite side character that was won by Barney from the accounting firm. And then I put those two up together just for fun. And John Ralphio dominated. So he is easily the, uh, our favorite side character. Our favorite villain was Tammy too. Favorite cameo in the show was Andy Samberg playing the very loud park ranger, Carl Lorthner. Most important or impactful scene was when Ben and Chris showed up at the end of season two, just because of the implications of them showing up, basically how the show changed and, you know, Mark Brandanowitz leaving the show. So that was, that was a pretty big one. And then uh, we did uh, best running joke one and two, because there are also so many of those. The first round was treat yourself. And then the second round, Lil Sebastian. And then I put those two up against each other and Lil Sebastian won. And finally, I did favorite episode, which turned out to be season three, episode seven, Harvest Festival, which is Lil Sebastian's first appearance. So as I was doing these tournaments, I've been noticing there's certain characters on the show and there's certain, um, you know, just certain things about the show that are always going to win no matter what. 
you know, like people have asked me uh, through DMs, like, well, why don't you ever put Ron Swanson in these? Or why don't, you know, why isn't Leslie in here? Because they'll win, you know, easily. It's so, it, it's not really even worth it. Like the, the little Sebastian ones, when I put those in there again, you know, he's such a popular character that he's going to win. And the thing that really got me laughing is when I thought about it, Lil Sebastian as himself in the physical form appears in one episode. That's it. And that is the one that was voted best episode season three, episode seven harvest festival. He is introduced in the very beginning of the episode. And so we see him throughout that episode. And then beyond that, we don't see Lil Sebastian again until he dies at the end of that season in which we actually don't even see the physical form, but the episode is about Lil Sebastian. So that's two episodes about him, only one of them with him in it. And then there are two other episodes he appears in, which I'll get to. So I actually, I just, I think the whole concept behind Lil Sebastian is one of the funniest things because it doesn't make any sense. It's just, it's one of those things that the show came up with and they made everyone in town so in love with this mini horse, but there's really no reason why they're in love with it. So I'll get to that. Now, moving on to Jen and Bobby Newport, I thought of these two, obviously they linked together because Jen, was, they were introduced basically at the same time. And Jen Barkley is Bobby Newport's campaign manager. So... Last weekend, when I was watching the ser series, I guess, season or series, I don't think they're doing anymore, season uh, finale of WandaVision, you know, um, Catherine Hahn played Agatha Harkness, who was the villain of the, the series. And as I was watching, it was just thinking about how great Catherine Hahn is and how much I loved her as Jen Barkley. And then I thought, it's like, wait a minute, Bobby Newport is also in the MCU. He plays Ant-Man. So... That's kind of how I came up with it. I was just doing a little MCU-themed uh, episode today, plus Lil Sebastian. So anyway, that's where that came about. So without further ado, let's jump into this. We're going to start off with Lil Sebastian. So Lil Sebastian was born in 1986. We don't know the exact date. We just know it was 1986. And then we know that he died in 2011 at the age of 25. He did have a wife. Her name was Coconut. And he also had an ex-girlfriend named Ladybug. First appearance, Harvest Festival. Last appearance, Harvest Festival. <laughs> because again, he's talked about in other episodes and there's different variations of him, but the actual physical form of Lil Sebastian only appears in one episode. Okay. So on the Harvest festival episode leslie surprises the parks department by bringing in little sebastian and everyone goes nuts which is it's just so funny because you actually see ron squeal in this episode tom gets excited again everyone's excited andy's making these looks at the camera like he can't believe what's going on and one of the funnier things too is that it actually shows april off to the side like Oh my God, like she even can't believe it. And April, who never shows any emotion except just like brooding, you know, angsty April. So it's just, it's an amazing thing. And then this also starts one of the greatest running jokes of the show, which is that Ben is the only person in Pawnee who doesn't understand. And it makes sense because he's not from Pawnee. Um, if you know the answer to my trivia question, you'll understand 
what his town is into as far as town mascots. I guess little Sebastian could kind of be considered the town mascot for uh, Pawnee. So in this hilarious exchange, uh, as the, the rest of the crew is just the parks crew are just going, you know, they're head over heels over this, over this mini horse. And again, Ron squeals, like I just said, but he also does that thing. I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's like the overhead clap and clench. And he does the well done, Leslie. Well done. It's, ah, God, so funny. You got to check it out. So the funny interaction between Ben and Leslie is that actually not just Ben and Leslie, Ben and the parks crew is that when they're all pining over little Sebastian, Ben's smiling too. And he's laughing in the background and he's like, uh, so what am I missing? What's, what's the deal with this pony? And then Tom, you know, like the whole crew stops. They're all like dead silent now. And Tom looks over and he's just like, he's not a pony, Ben. He's a mini horse. There's a big difference. And Ben's just like, okay, but why is he so famous? Does he do something? And then April jumps in and she's like, yeah, he does being a mini horse and he does it better than anyone. And then Ron goes on to add, of course, he calls Ben's son, which I feel like Ron does that a lot when he's trying to be firm with someone. And he's like, Son, he's like, little Sebastian has an honorary degree from Notre Dame. And then, <laughs> so like that, they're, they're still like going, you know, like excited and everything. And you find out that he's, he's um, hanging out with Jerry for the day. And then Ben is just like, I, I still don't get it. What's the big deal? I, you know, and then Leslie, you know, again, they, he silences them again. And Leslie just says, get out. So that's the, the introduction of little Sebastian. And it is very, up in the air, we still don't know. Like I said, April basically just said he's good at being a mini horse. She didn't say anything he does or did or whatever. So here's a little bit about that episode, Harvest Festival. So in this episode, we see that uh, Jerry is tasked with watching Sebastian for the day until Leslie tells him to let Tom take over for a while, to which Tom uses this opportunity to promote the Snake Hole Lounge by putting... Um, I, I don't know what it is, a jacket or a cover or whatever. It almost looks like a saddle, but it's like a full body saddle that is just promoting the snake hole lounge. This is when Tom was still um, a, a co-owner, basically, or he had the, the small share in it. So selfish Tom, of course, self-promoting. And so Tom, again, he comes over. He sees little Sebastian. Jerry goes and takes a break. And Tom leaves the gate open. Little Sebastian gets out. Then when Jerry comes back, Tom blames it on Jerry. And I hate Tom so much in this scene. He's just such a, oh, it, it, just, it drives me nuts. And then the fact that everyone else in the parks department, until the end, Ron finally, he, he tells them all. He's like, yeah, it's Tom's fault. He left the gate open. But Jerry still gets crap for that, which he's not supposed to because he's supposed to be taking a break. So anyway, so that's about the gist of that episode. There's really not much with, you know, his intro. And then he, they end up finding him in the corn maze. They have to go up on the, the carousel to figure it out, you know, where, where he's at. Um, at the end of the season, like I mentioned, this is when Sebastian passes away. And that is in the episode, Little Sebastian, which just named him because of the, the whole episode's in honor of him. And, the parks department decides to hold a very, very lavish entertainment memorial service with a video tribute made by Tom and John Ralphio. This is kind of the start of Entertainment 720. Sorry, this is the first video they make. And this also births the, the great song, 5,000 Candles in the Wind, sung by 
Andrew Dwyer and Mouse Rat. And if you haven't heard the song 5,000 Candles in the Wind or Bye Bye Little Sebastian, whichever you prefer to call it, I can't remember which is the actual title, definitely go check out those songs because this song is actually performed and played again, I think, two or three more times throughout the rest of the series. All right, so this is a little bit of some of Lil Sebastian's obituary, which was written by Leslie Nope. And this I found this on the, the Parks and Rec Wiki fandom page for Lil Sebastian. This stuff is just so hysterical. I did not write down everything because it was literally like two or three pages long, Leslie's obituary. And the fact that whoever created this page or created this, this individual segment for Lil Sebastian, it is amazing because it goes so in depth and it's just, I'll read some of it. Here we go. So here's one quote. When his owners, Michael and Elizabeth Stone, first discovered him, Elizabeth said, it was like seeing an angel and being punched in the stomach at the same time because as perfect as he was, we know we'd never see anything that perfect again. Michael would add, I love my wife. I do. But I loved Lil Sebastian. <laughs> so that's, you know, stuff like that. How they, they just wrote up this little horse character who doesn't speak, obviously, and does absolutely nothing that we see. We will see uh, during the trivia, I'll, which I'm about to get to, I'll, I'll explain a couple of the things that were in this obituary that were written about. We never got to see, but explains a little more about the character. So I wanted to talk about his other appearances or the other appearances involving Lil Sebastian real quick. Like I said, he was in those two episodes, the first episode, and then the next episode he was in was his death. So in the season five episode, Leslie and Ben, there is a part where Leslie and Ben are having a really nice moment outside of, I think it's Anne's house, because this is where they've just, in this episode, they decided they're going to just kind of have an impromptu wedding. They're going to get married. So they're doing all the planning at Anne's house. And as they're standing outside, but uh, Leslie and Ben thinking that maybe this isn't going to work out, it starts snowing and there's like a beautiful moment going on. And Ben looks over Leslie's shoulder and he's just like, what the hell? And little Sebastian's standing there across the street on the sidewalk, just standing there. And he turns her around and they're both in shock. And then all of a sudden you hear a guy come walking over and he's like, oh, there he is. And it's like his trainer. And there also happens to be, because they were having a gala in that episode, there happened to be a bunch of Pawnee, Indiana celebrity lookalikes. So there actually was a celebrity lookalike for Lil Sebastian and that's who it turned out to be. So, you know, the guy's like, oh, no, 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 this is, I, I, I can't remember the name he says, but Leslie's like, no, 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 it's Lil Sebastian because she wants it to be perfect and it's just going in sync with everything that's going on. So, Again, we see what appears to be Lil Sebastian, but it's actually a stunt double. It's not him. And then in the finale episode of season six called Moving Up, during the Unity concert at the end when they get everyone on stage singing together, of course, they're singing 5,000 Candles in the Wind, and a hologram projection appears of Lil Sebastian on the stage, to which the crowd goes nuts, and then the camera zooms in on Ben, who just does the face like what the he just shakes his head like this is unbelievable i still do not understand this okay so moving on to a little bit of trivia about lil sebastian he is glucatrol glucatrol buddies with jerry which means they take the same diabetes medicine he was a goodwill ambassador for indiana veterans and went to kuwait to entertain the troops <laughs> 
He was a champion climber and was a member of the Great Lakes Ski Patrol and Emergency Rescue Team. Yep, this mini horse. And he sired over 200 mini horse children. Pretty damn impressive, if you ask me. So as far as Shared Universe, believe it or not, Lil Sebastian does appear in the episode. Sorry, uh, Pick a Pet Day. Actually, that's not the name of the episode. It's actually chapter 34. Maybe Pick a Pet Day is like the subtitle for it. But anyway, season three, episode seven of The Good Place. As I said, Pick a Pet Day. This is, uh, if you're familiar, unfamiliar with the show, it's basically like a version of heaven slash hell, depending on how you look at it. And so in this episode, everyone just gets to go ahead and pick whatever kind of pet they want. It could be like a mystical creature or like a dragon, which I guess is also mystical, or a dinosaur. And in the background, you actually, you don't see it very long and they don't focus on him, but you do see little, little Sebastian in the background walking. It's a, it's a mini horse, so it's got to be him in heaven. Obviously, little Sebastian doesn't have any lines, so I can't give you my favorite line from him, but I'll just go ahead and say what my favorite situation involving him. And that would be the one that I did discuss before, which is when he is introduced and Ben just clearly not understanding what the town is so obsessed with this horse for and just kind of moving forward the running joke that Ben still doesn't get it. Because even at the end of the episode, when ever, all the everyone's standing around just watching little Sebastian and his pen and Ben is now wearing a shirt that says, I met little I met little Sebastian at the Pawnee Harvest Festival. And he's talking to Leslie. He's like, I totally get it now. Yeah, this horse is great. And then it just cuts to him doing a talking head with the camera. And he's like, I still don't get it. And then everyone in the background cheers and Leslie turns to him and she's like, Ben, he whinnied. And Ben's just like, oh, yeah, of course he did. And then turns back again and just shakes his head like, what the hell? I don't get it. So. That's Lil Sebastian. Let's move on to our second character, and that is Bobby Newport. Okay, so Bobby Newport appears in seven episodes. His first appearance is Campaign Ad. His last appearance is One Last Ride. However, that is a deleted scene, which I usually don't consider deleted scenes part of the canon because they, they clearly didn't add it into the story. So. If you do watch like a producer's cut, I would say, you know, like on Peacock, actually, you can watch the the producer's cuts, which are just basically extended episodes. So if you watch them like that, it makes more sense. But again, since it was a deleted scene, it's I don't really consider it part of the story. However, I'm going to add it in there anyway, just for fun. And then he was also in the Parks and Rec special. So that was technically his last episode. Relatives, as far as the ones we're introduced to. His dad is Nick Newport Sr., who we see a couple times. His stepmother is Jessica Wicks. His brother is Nick Newport Jr. And then his niece and nephew are Dakota and Denver Newport. And Bobby does have a spouse, which I will get to. That is part of that deleted scene I was talking about, but I'll get to that in a little bit. So a little bit about Bobby Newport. Bobby is part of the Newport family of Pawnee and heir to the Sweetums factory. Heir, sorry, to the Sweetums factory. He faces Leslie Nope and others in the Pawnee City Council election, and after originally winning by 21 votes, ends up losing by 21 votes after a recount. Though Bobby is a very, very likable and charming and seems like a nice guy, he's also very 
for lack of better word, stupid. He's just he's a he's a bonehead. He's he's a moron. But like I said, he's very likable, kind of a an Andy Dwyer type. But um, Bobby is also very childlike, and he's very spoiled. He's very open about the privileged life that he has. And uh, one of the the great things about this character is that he doesn't seem to understand that not everyone in the world has was given the same opportunities he was and by opportunities basically just be being given money and he was given a yacht when he was 12 and you kind of see this in his final appearance in season six no i'm sorry season seven when they're looking for an interim mayor and bobby's one of the people who comes into interview and ben knows that this guy's a complete idiot but they are just looking for someone to fill in for a few months and since bobby is so popular in the town and because of his you know the name and the sweetums thing they're like yeah you know what what the hell let's give this guy a chance and he tells them that he can't do it because he's actually going to space and you're like when he says this he's so excited he's like i'm going to space and, you know, at first, like, Ben and April's on the committee, too, like, trying to hire him. And they're just like, what the hell is this idiot talking about? And then he asks Ben if Ben wants to go to space. Ben gets super duper excited. He's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, no problem. He's like, it's just, it's $600,000. You can you can afford that, right? You know, and Ben, of course, is just like, no, I can't afford 600000 So that's just an example, yeah, that Bobby, he's, he's good-spirited, but he's clearly just, he's out of the loop. He doesn't, you know, he's out of touch with reality. Okay. So a little bit of, well, actually this is Bobby's main storyline, which takes place in season four. So he enters the campaign race to impress his father. And he thinks he's running opposed at first, which is funny. The first episode he appears in, he's signing autographs and Ben and Leslie come up to introduce themselves. And he just treats them like they're, you know, fans. She's like, oh, no, no, I'm running against you. He's like, oh, I thought I was running unopposed. And she's like, no, I'm running against you. And oh, great. Here, take a a new uh, Sweetums Bobby bar. And he just signs them and hands them to people. So again, he still doesn't care. You know, it's like whatever. So he is mostly not shown through this throughout this season. Like I said, he's only in seven episodes and two of those episodes were after this. So he's only in five of the 22 episodes, I believe. But he has his campaign manager, Jen Barkley, doing all of his immediate media appearances, basically speaking for him, going on PURD and speaking with Joan, things like that. Um, she was paid $250,000 for six weeks of work is what she keeps claiming to people. And even Ben and Leslie, when I find out that this is Bobby's campaign manager, they're kind of like, what the hell? Like, this is Pawnee, Indiana. Why did they hire some bigwig from Washington, D.C.? So uh, in the episode campaign ad, Bobby actually requests a meeting with Leslie and Ben, and he essentially just asks Leslie to quit. He, he just starts kind of going into a little fit, like, come on, come on, I want it. I want to win. Let me win. Please let me win. You know, just being a child, being in Leslie and Ben are looking at each other like, is this is this real? Like, is he really doing this? And he and then he even tells Leslie, you know, just let me win. He's like, you can make the decisions and you can just relay them through me. Just, just I, I want to win. I want it. I want it again. Just being like really obnoxious, and they tell him no, and he just kind of has a little fit. But again, I mean, it's it's all played for laughs, and it doesn't make you not like Bobby Newport. He's as much of a, a jackass as he is. He's still a very likable character. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So in the episode, the debate, we see Bobby again, and he's being fed what to say mostly, but even after spouting complete nonsense, the crowd still loves him because he's very sympathetic. And his family, which owns the Sweetums Corporation, employs basically half the town. He's getting beat pretty pretty good by Leslie. She's got some great stuff going in. And Jen is off to the side talking to Ben, and she tells him, don't worry, we got an ace up our sleeve. And that ace up the sleeve is that Bobby tells the town that if he doesn't win, there's a good chance that the whole Sweetums factory is going to move to a different town. And as I just said, that would threaten the jobs of literally like half the town. So it, it's a it's a really crappy tactic, but it gets everyone going. And Leslie comes in and she has this great speech, kind of just basically telling the town that it's like you can't. It, I hate to use this term, but and and I don't mean to uh, make a joke of it, but like almost like we don't deal with terrorists, you know, because that's that's kind of like what he's doing. He's just like, well, if I don't get this, then I'm going to do this. Obviously, not to the level of terrorists, but that was just my example. So anyway. And Bobby, uh, basically, he, he just he's turned kind of made to look like the villain. Now, Leslie does a great job and she she does. She basically buries him. So in the episode bus tour, Bobby's dad, Nick Newport, dies. And during a nice, friendly meeting with Leslie, he reveals that basically this was the reason why he was doing it the whole time was that he just wanted to impress his father. And while he still wants to win at this point, it does seem like Bobby's not as into it. To the point where, and he's not even doing, it's not like he's trying to do this because he wants to lose, but just because he's so dumb. He starts promoting Leslie, you know, and you can actually see Jen Barkley getting kind of nervous about this. Like, oh crap, here we go. He says, yeah, if you don't vote for me, you should vote for Leslie. And then he even tells Leslie at one point, yeah, of course I'm voting for you. He's like, I don't think you're allowed to vote for yourself. To which obviously Leslie doesn't tell him that you can in fact vote for yourself. So uh, yeah, Leslie ends up winning the election and Bobby is, he appears to be mostly just relieved that it's finally over. He does concede and that's the end of the election. So as I said, in season six, we see Bobby again. I talked about that with the, the space thing. And in the final, his final appearance, which is one last ride before the Parks and Rec special, this, again, this is a producer's cut, so it's not most people didn't see this. See this. I actually went on YouTube. You can find the clip there. But we see good old Shauna Malway Tweep sitting on a park bench in a wedding dress because she has just been stood up at the halter, which is just so perfect for that character. I'll get to her, but I have discussed her a little bit, how she's basically a very nice, little bit ditzy character, but just needs a break. She's trying so hard. She wants, a, she wants a man in her life. And it got to the point in one episode, just real quick, where she was actually trying to hit on Andy. And this was when Andy first started liking April. And Shauna does the talking head and she's like, I can't even land the shoeshine guy. So anyway, she's sitting on this bench sobbing. And who comes walking up but Bobby Newport? And he's just kind of talks with her a little bit. She tells him what happened. And... Five hours later, these two get married, and that's where we are left off with Bobby and Shauna, that they got married. <laughs> okay? And in the Parks and Rec special, Bobby is basically, he opens up the episode, 
And it's really funny because he's in some remote location. Obviously, everyone was, but it looks like he's on like a, a castle almost type lot. I mean, it's this, this huge land that his family most likely owns. And he kind of does the intro to the episode. And then when he is told about the virus, he's like, wait, what? So that's, I love that. Like that makes sense with Bobby that he's probably so yeah detached from reality that no one told him there was a virus going on. Cause again, this does take place with the coronavirus going on. Okay. So that's basically Bobby's character arc and storylines. Those are his appearances. My favorite scene involving Bobby Newport is the episode I talked about from season six season seven, I'm sorry, when he does come in and he does that interview about being mayor and he talks about how, or I'm sorry, April introduces herself to him as Buzz Lightyear. And he's just like, oh yeah, no, no, that's not true. That's the guy that landed on the moon. And then it just, the camera shot of April and Ben both looking at the camera, just shaking their head. Like, how the hell is this guy? You know, like this is the guy that was almost our city council rep, you know? And um, also the the way he asks Ben about going to the moon, the, he's like, yeah, it's $600,000, which to him is absolutely nothing. You know, I just, his, his response there. My favorite line is during the episode campaign ad, when they just, the show keeps cutting back in with different camp, uh, different commercials he's doing for his campaign. And one of them is just, hi, my name's Bobby Newport. My dad's friends with John Cougar Mellencamp. That's pretty cool. That's it. That's the commercial. That's that's the vote for Bobby Newport. Like because my dad is friends with John Cougar Mellencamp is yours. Yeah, love that. And then uh, I have to point out an iconic scene, which whenever anyone hears the name Bobby Newport, they immediately go to Bobby Newport. Bobby Newport. Bobby Newport. And what's going on here is Jerry, Ben, and Tom are actually working on their campaign video for Leslie and they're trying to do like a, a smear campaign. So they're basically pointing out all the crappy things about him. And as Ben's narrating it, Tom tells him, no, 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 no. He's like, you got to make his, his, his name sound more villainous, like Bobby Newport. So then Ben, Jerry, and Tom go back and forth for probably like 15, 20 seconds, all just giving cool, like, scary, creepy versions of that name and iterations and like making the name longer, like Bobby Newport, Bobby Newport, Bobby Newport, like just, and then finally it ends with Ben just like shutting off the recorder. And of course he singles Jerry out and he's just like, all right, now we're just wasting time. Such a great scene. So iconic. And again, whenever I, I would say probably most people, when they hear Bobby Newport, the first thing they think is Bobby Newport. As far as shared universe, Paul Rudd does not appear in any of the other Michael Schur properties. And again, I did not mention that at the very beginning. Bobby Newport is played by Paul Rudd. So sorry about that. Okay. So moving on to our final character, Jen Barkley, who was played by Katherine Hahn. She was born June 25th. We don't know the year, although she does appear to be probably like maybe like low to mid 40s. Uh, she was born in Chicago, Illinois, and now she resides in Washington, D.C. She appears in 10 episodes. Her first appearance is Campaign Shakeup. Her last appearance is One Last Ride. So Jen is hired to be Bobby Newport's campaign manager for, as she says, $250,000 for six weeks of work. 
She is incredibly smart, savvy, and resourceful, but she can also be very rude, very condescending, and cocky at times. When she's first introduced, she puts on um, kind of a, a facade of being very friendly and kind, but it's actually all part of her agenda to get info from Leslie and Ben. And she does end up using that information against them when it's taken out of context when she's on, I think it's Purd, Purd's show, you heard with Purd. And she's basically just kind of shown as like a dirty fighter. Like if she's backed into a corner, she'll use crappy tactics to win, which we did see, as I mentioned with Bobby Newport, when their plan was to say that we are going to move this entire factory if we don't win. Okay. She is mostly friendly with Leslie and Ben during the, uh, the campaign in season four. But right off the bat, she does stab Leslie in the back. Like I said, she goes on purd and she starts using some information that they had and turning it around on them, making them look bad. And she's able to talk herself out of pretty much anything. She knows Bobby is a complete moron. Um, I believe she even says that at one point. Actually, I know she says that at one point. But she's still determined to win. And obviously, she was paid a huge lump of money. And she's a big, big shot campaign manager out of Washington, D.C. So if she didn't win this little this little election in, in Pawnee, what does that say about her? You know, so her, Leslie and Ben have some good back and forth throughout with uh, Ben showing that he's a very good manager for Leslie and a formidable opponent for her, which she kind of starts to pick up as it's going on. She thought she was going to come in and just this was going to be a cakewalk. And I don't know. They don't I don't recall if they mentioned Jen knowing whether or not Bobby had opposition, because like I said, Bobby thought he was running unopposed. So he's just an idiot though. So he probably didn't know that. And I'm sure it was known by everyone else. So Jen has a brief sexual affair with Chris Traeger, which appears to be mostly out of boredom because towards the end of the election, she just wants to get up, get the hell out of Pawnee so bad. And it just looks like, yeah, she runs into, she sees Chris, who's depressed, like he always is. He is throughout most of season four. And she just kind of is basically, hey, you want to have sex? Yeah, sure. So they just kind of run off and go have sex. And then you find out that they did it a bunch of times, like overnight. And as I said in the Chris episode, Jen calls him a little screamer, <laughs> which, yeah, good stuff. So after the election, after Bobby loses, Jen offers Ben a job to work on a campaign in Washington, D.C. for her company, which is called the Barclay Group. She basically moving forward, she she just kind of becomes a character that's there on screen when Ben is. And while he's in Washington, he's he's running this campaign and she's almost like his advisor in a way. But she's not really seen as a main character and then we see her later on after uh, they win that campaign in season six, we see her again wanting Ben to run a, a new campaign out of Florida. So actually, I'm sorry, that was at the end of season five. In season six, when we do see Jen again, it's kind of out of nowhere. And this is after Leslie was recalled from city council and she's just like a total mess. She's depressed. She basically, yeah, it, it's, it's not good. So Ben tells Leslie, I've got someone I want you to talk to. He brings her into the office and Jen Barkley's in there. So Ben has basically paid Jen's legal fees to come down and advise Leslie to give her some advice maybe. 
And this is after actually, so Leslie was recalled from city council. However, later on in this season, we see that Councilman Dexhart is up for re-election. And Leslie, Councilman Dexhart is the one that's always covered in scandals, but he always wins because his campaigns are just like basically bullying tactics as they, as they talked about. So Leslie wants to run against him. And the rest of the parks crew is just like, they're not having it. They don't want to do this again because it was hell going through the Bobby Newport stuff. So when Leslie talks to Jen, Jen, in a very condescending tone, like I said, but firm, tells Leslie why, or asks her why. Why do you want to stay in this town? Why do you want to keep doing small things for this small town? Why don't you try to expand? So that's basically what gets Leslie moving forward to, yes, much bigger pictures. So in the episode, Donna and Joe, we see Jen again, and she asks Ben to run for Congress, which is a huge deal. And then there's like a little side story as well that Leslie was also approached by a different party asking her to run for Congress. So it's a, a cool episode, like what, what's going on with these two. But that's when we see Jen again. And after way too many drinks at the reception the night before, Ben does call her and accepts even though he has no recollection of this until she plays back one of his many voicemails after they're having breakfast together at JJ's diner. And Jen just thinks it's hilarious. She's like, Oh my God, you're going to fit in with Congress so well, because apparently they're a bunch of drunks. <laughs> so at this point, yeah, Ben still doesn't know if he's going to do it, but she tells him that she already did leak the news because he called her many times and sounded very convincing and she couldn't tell he was drunk somehow but she tells him that if he backs out of this, it will basically kill his career. And we do see that Ben does end up running for Congress and he wins. And in the episode, One Last Ride, we see Jen approaching Ben about running for governor of Indiana. So that's pretty much her storyline there. So my favorite line from Katherine Hahn playing Jennifer Barkley is in the season seven episode when she shows up at Leslie and Ben's house. And it's just chaotic. The kids are running around. Uh, Roz, played by Rachel Dratch, she's their um, nanny. She's running around trying to keep the kids kids in, in line, and they're just they're insane. And Jen, Jen happens to be wearing a poncho, which they ask her right away. It's like, why are you wearing a poncho? She's like, oh, every time I step foot in your house, I have to wear this because every surface in this house is sticky. And again, just being like really rude and, been kind of crappy with them, but that's just her character. And Ben and Leslie throughout the series have just kind of realized it's like, all right. And she's also got like a very, very dominating kind of force. I don't know behind her. So she, she comes off as very, very, a very strong woman. And so I think she's a little bit intimidating, but anyway, in that episode, after she talks about the poncho, she's just going on giving, you know, going over the stuff with Leslie and Ben and she's getting up ready to leave. And one of the triplets comes running by and you hear her react like, ah, and she turns around and the kid had a paint roller for some reason and just went right across her back with it. And she turns around and like pulls the poncho out and just goes poncho, like showing them why she actually wears the poncho. So luckily it was a good idea. It didn't get on her actual clothes. And my favorite scene with her is, uh, like I talked about, when during one of her and Chris's sexual trysts, 
she actually is working and Chris comes in and says hi to her and they sneak off into a supply closet. But I just love the way that she's trying to do it discreetly, even though there's like 20 people in the room and it's like, She's like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna run in this closet real quick. And uh, anybody need any supplies? No, no, no. And then just like, kind of like pushes him in there, and he actually starts like undoing his pants, I think. And she's just like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. And they, so they go in there, and then they bang again. Shared universe. Actually, Catherine Hahn does appear in an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine, that is season three, episode eleven, called Hostage Situation. And she plays the character of Eleanor, who is the ex-wife of Charles Boyle. So that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Please join me next week when I discuss the co-founder of Treat Yourself. You guessed it, Donna Meagle. I will be talking about her next week. Please remember to email me with any questions, thoughts, hate mail to citizensofpawnee at gmail.com. Or you can also check me out on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast. And if you are interested in checking out my other site at Parks Rec Memes, you can do some of those uh, tournaments. Go ahead and vote on those. Good times. There's also some other content. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Again, you've been listening to Citizens of Pawnee. My name is Brian, and I'll see you next week. The answer to the trivia question. What is the name of the town mascot for Partridge, Minnesota? Fred the Sled.